Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. The Can We Please Talk podcast. It's available wherever you get your podcast. That's right, Mike. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Castbox, YouTube, Downcast, Nick, Nick, Nick. I just said it's available wherever they get their podcasts. That covers all of it, man. I know, but I kind of like listing them all out. It just <laughs> makes it feel like a lot more. Yeah, it does make it feel like a lot more. All right, like Nick said, Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, all of that. Check out our show. Give us a follow or subscribe. Leave us a five star review and comment in the comment section. Check us out on IG, Twitter, TikTok at Can We Please Talk Podcast. everybody welcome back another episode of the can we please talk podcast as always i'm mike leon i'm nick severi nicholas my friend we are back again how are you sir how's everything going things are good man things are good it's gonna be it's been a good week a lot lot going on we got Rutgers basketball friday oh, yeah you know, That's our right. scarlet knights are in the tournament selection uh-huh. sunday for the first time in a long time actually in my life uh no, no, not 30 years, I'm 30 years too, but yeah. And I don't certainly remember 30 years ago. So um, just to hear, hear them get named, you know, they got a game against Clemson this Friday. Excited about that, man. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I mean, that is for me as a longtime season ticket holder and uh, just a fan of the, the program for so long. I feel like I've been telling all my friends since I got into Rutgers that, that we we're going to go to the NCAA tournament. That was in 99 and now it's 2021. So um, I couldn't be more happy. Week's been going good. Uh, everybody's healthy. I actually got tested yesterday mm. uh, for COVID-19. Potentially, I, w- I was part of a contact tracing program just to show how effective that has been going. So tested negative. So um, I'm doing pretty well, man. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear everything's going well, man. As we uh, shift into our topic for tonight, uh, because we're going to be covering what what I think is a very interesting topic. You know, we had 
my episode on the media and, you know, all my years that I spent at Fox News, right? I gave a little bit of perspective and insight. We had Sabrina Rodriguez, who's a political immigration reporter and, and what it's like to be today's female journalist. But we wanted to get somebody on to really cover from a correspondence angle, right? Um, covering stories over on Capitol Hill, uh, actually interviewing lawmakers, reporting on the news of the day, fill in anchors and uh, Fox News chief Washington correspondent Mike Emanuel is going to be joining us tonight. Uh, he's a Rutgers guy like us, Nick. So uh, kudos for him there. Um, and so we're going to be talking with Mike really about you know, the the perception of Fox News right now, I mean, let's let's be honest, right? It is one certain way, right? And it's really one certain way because of the opinion anchors that appear, you know, in the 8 to 10 p.m. blocks. But Mike is one of those guys at Fox that's like your traditional newsman. You know, here he is reporting on news of the day, right? He's the fill-in host at Fox News Live at one o'clock, you know. Um, he's on Capitol Hill when, you know, Chris Wallace is throwing to him to, you know, find out more about Biden's COVID relief plan. So what does that look like from his lens uh, covering an administration? What does it look like um, reporting on the news of the day? What has happened uh, to Fox? We're going to ask him about because there's a lot of perception from left and right leaning that that Fox is one way or the other, you know, to each group's eyes. So there's a lot to talk with Mike about tonight. We're excited to have him on the show. Nick, your your thoughts on you. I, I know you have checked out some of Mike's work recently. He just filled in this past Sunday on Fox News Live. Your thoughts on on Mike and the topic about, you know, being a correspondent in today's uh, journalist world. Yeah. And that conversation has been a, a hot one recently. We're hearing a lot of discussions about how the Biden administration, you know, not having press conferences, there is going to be one obviously tomorrow, but you know, this challenge for, for correspondence of what does that mean when you're, you're basically only connecting with the press secretary and, and what and the impact of that, you know, good or bad. Um, so that's been one of the biggest conversations lately. And we're only a couple of months into the administration. You know, Mike brings that perspective of being someone on the field. You know, we've talked to Sabrina, we've talked to Naveed. Obviously, our first episode was Mike based on your own experience. And I think the media is important to cover because when we think of the media, it's a it's a much more larger encompassing concept than it was when we were younger, than when our, you know, in a previous generation, it's no longer about just television, actually, or newspapers. All of this is connected to social media. It's all connected to programming, you know, and you mentioned, you know, Fox is with their eight to 10 block and that block speaks to a certain type of audience, to a certain type of political philosophy. Outside of that, though, if you were to observe people like Chris Wallace, Mike Emanuel, other people at the network, the political leanings are a little bit harder to glean, but unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess, you know, that's the world Mike operates in. Like, what is that reputation? Does that does that play a part for him in terms of the way he's perceived or any correspondent is at that network, MSNBC and other networks. So I'm excited for tonight's conversation. No, it's a great point. Um, and it's one of the things that we wanted to have him on. So we're super excited. Can't wait to talk to Mike. Nick, today's episode before we get going here is presented by the skin store for over 20 years. The Skin Store has been the number one destination for premium skincare, hair care, and beauty products. There are no two people more qualified to talk about skincare and hair care than you and I, my friend. Two bald guys. You know it. We're going to tell them about hair care and skincare products. Let's do this. 
What do you use over there? You got any skincare products that you use over there? I know, I know you got some moisturizers over there. I do. Yeah. No, I've got an awesome facial moisturizer. You know, when I was shaving my head, I needed something for my scalp too. So I was like, I, I even went that far, like just took care of that, right. uh, especially in the winter. Like you got to moisturize, fellas. It's true. Northeast, you got to moisturize. Look, with over 8,000 different products from 300 different brands, the skin store has you covered for all your hair, cosmetics, supplements, and of course, your skincare needs. All right. You can find some of your favorite brands up there. Nick, you got any of these brands? I'm, I'm going to rattle them off here. L to MD, New Face, Olaplex, and more. All in one place with gifts with every purchase, man. Okay. Check this out, Nick. All you got to do, skinstore.com. All right. At checkout, you enter in the promo code POD and you're going to get 20% off your next purchase. 20% off? 20% off, my friend. That's not bad. That's we, pretty good. We're out here handing percent off deals. That's all you got to do. 20% off your next purchase. Skinstore.com backslash POD dot L-I-S-T. The skin store. Have the confidence to tackle the day ahead. Hey, some exclusions may apply. All right, Nick, like we talked about at the top, our next guest, he's a Fox News chief Washington correspondent. You can catch him Sundays. I'm hosting Fox News Live at one o'clock. And that is Mike Emanuel. Mike, Mike Leon, Nick Savary. Thank you so much for being on with us tonight. Gentlemen, thanks for having me. Thrilled to be here. Mike, uh, before we get started on, on questions, I want to get our audience a little bit more about you. Uh, obviously, we know you're a Jersey guy, Rutgers grad like Nick and myself. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your upbringing, and, and why you got into news and broadcasting. Sure. So I grew up in uh, Westfield, New Jersey. Those familiar with the Garden State Parkway, exit 135. There Mom and dad rode uh, the commuter train into New York City every day. Mom worked on Wall Street. Dad was a civil engineer. I respected the heck out of what they did, how they worked so hard to provide for our family. Uh, but I wasn't particularly interested in what they did. But my mom and dad were news junkies. And so I grew up with three newspapers in the driveway, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Newark Star-Ledger. Uh, and when I was eating my Cheerios in the morning, uh, WCBS News Radio 88 was on. And so kind of the news was all around me. And so my parents said to me as I was going through high school, well, Michael, what do you want to do? And I said, you know, I love the news. I'm really interested in that. I'd love to be the guy out in the field standing there, you know, basically telling the audience what's happening live on the scene. And so mom and dad were great supporters in terms of saying you should chase your dreams. If you have passion for it, uh, odds are you'll be good at it. And so I uh, went to Rutgers and my first week on campus, I picked up the daily Targum newspaper and saw an ad for WRSU radio. And, uh, you know, they said we need uh, DJs and we need sports news, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, man, I could be on the radio. Wow. How cool is that? And so right away I went to WRSU and, all throughout school, I did sports at Rutgers and had a blast, and it got me comfortable in front of a microphone, um, and it was a great experience. And so it kind of started my trajectory into the business and um, an incredible journey. Was, wow. <laughs> you brought yeah, me back, back memories. <laughs> well, I was, I was one of the guys on the other side of WRLC at, in Livingston, so we basically were duct taping and, you know, uh, backpacking our way. <laughs> <laughs> through AM radio back then. Uh, Mike, thank you for joining us. Um, so obviously you're over at Fox News. Um, to people in my like myself outside the media, programming in general or networks in general tend to, from an outsider's perspective, tend to fall into that you know, like extreme category of like left, right, and all that stuff. Um, I know that's an oversimplification, but 
But from where you stand, what's really happening with that perception? What role, if any, does that play in your reporting or just the, the kind of the makeup of the newsroom you operate from and things like that? Well, you know, as a Jersey guy uh, with parents who were not involved in politics and were not involved in the media, like my dream was just to do the news. Um, we have opinion people at Fox News who get paid a lot of money for their strong opinions. But what I do is a very different thing. And so every day I'm assigned to be as fair and as accurate as possible in my reporting. And so my bosses will come to me and say, you know, if I'm turning in a script for a show, like, is that fair? And and I'll take a closer look and I'll make sure to say, yeah, we've got, you know, this view from the right, this view from the left. And my opinion is not in here. Um, you know, I'm basically, obviously it's, it's my human uh, creation. So it's not perfect, but um, you know, it's my experience of reporting in Washington for 20 years, um, reporting at the national level for nearly 25 years. Uh, and so basically, you know, I think if you asked folks at the Obama White House, which I covered, I think they would tell you Mike was always fair. It was one thing President Obama actually told me to my face one time. I think folks at the Bush White House would tell you I was fair. They didn't always love the questions I asked um, because at the White House, there are days where there are good news days for the president and his team, and there are bad news days for the president and his team. And so, you know, sometimes they're really happy with coverage and sometimes they're not. So, so I think like during the daytime, my job is to gather the facts, craft scripts, make them interesting. Obviously, we're in a very competitive media environment. Uh, there's 500 channels. Now we've got great podcasts, too, that can uh, take people away from the TV set. Um, so, you know, I just try to do the news to the best of my ability and check my opinions at the door. Um, and, you know, hopefully it's worked over nearly 25 years. Let's talk about that. You mentioned, um, you know, on a bad news day or a good news day. Again, outsider here, you're in D.C., you know, in the, in the work that you do. On a bad news day, like what is the what's the tone? Like what's the environment like? What is it like trying to you know put a script together, get gather information? Like what does the environment look like? If you don't mind even sharing a story of, of a, of, you know, a quote unquote bad news day and sort of what was that uh, situation like for everyone around? Yeah, I mean, I think back to like when I was covering the Obama White House, I remember the Deepwater Horizon spill, and so you had like live images of you know, oil gushing into the ocean. And obviously, you know, that's a tough situation. And so, you know, that live image on all the networks, it makes it a bad news day if you're in power, if you're in charge, because it's a huge bummer, obviously. Uh, the Bush administration had those bad days. Trump administration certainly had those bad days. Uh, I was on Capitol Hill on January 6th when the riot at the Capitol happened. And I never thought I would be covering something like that in the United States of America. I've traveled to Iraq and Afghanistan and across the Middle East. And maybe in one of those countries, you see a situation like that. But here it was at the United States Capitol. And so um, those are brutal news days, very tough news days. Um, that actually, you know, January 6th was uh, a, an awful day for those Capitol Police officers. And uh, we lost a few of those guys either that day or in the days afterward. And so um, 
look, I think there are uh, days where the news is uh, exciting and interesting and, you know, President's first day, President's State of the Union. Um, you know, I was there uh, at President Biden's inauguration. I had a bird's eye view and that's an exciting day. And you see people from both parties coming together and excitement about a new administration. Um, and, you know, but then the, the job of the American president is so big, uh, so difficult that there are problems that crop up, like what's going on at our border right now. And so um, basically, you know, I don't really, you know, try to shade it one way or the other. I just, you know, tell a story and, and some days you can tell, like they're excited about, you know, the topics in the news and some days they're not so excited. You know, Mike, um, obviously I worked at Fox news, uh, for years, uh, in the 040506. So I know a little bit about the inner workings and what these anchors are on, are like on and off air. Um, one of the things that you mentioned that we were talking about before you dropped on was your, your long history, you know, in media and reporting on the news of the day. And it's tough with the backdrop of, like you mentioned, the opinion hosts um, that really dominate uh, the coverage of what Fox News is or shaped as. I'm curious for you, though, what's a misconception that um, you get hit with sometimes? Because like you mentioned, you're a correspondent, you're covering January 6th. There's been a lot of vitriol, even from the far right, about Fox News being too far left. So what does that look like? Give us um, what that looks like as a correspondent. Have you ever been met with something like that or confronted with something like that? Because I'm not as visible as you are because I was behind the camera and you're in front of the camera. Yeah, I covered uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016. And so a lot of places we went, uh, a lot of her diehard supporters are not Fox News fans. And so sometimes people would confront me and say, oh, you're with Fox, we don't like you. And I'd say, have you ever seen my work? And they would say, no, I just don't like, you know, Sean Hannity or Fox and Friends or one of the opinion side um, hosts. And so I'd say, well, um, if you ever see my work, I, I hope you'll give it a try. And, 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 you know, and if I'm on social media, and so if you, there's something you don't like, you can let me know. Um, that's an instant way to let me know. But um, I think, you know, I've come into contact with folks in my personal life, outside of work, uh, who are like, oh, you're the Fox guy. I can't stand, you know, certain opinion hosts. And I say, well, what they do and what I do are very different things. Um, and I would encourage you to give it a try and, you know, let me know what you think. Here's my number, you know, text me, tell me, you know, was that a fair story or not? And so, you know, I think a lot of people who've gotten to know me um, outside of work and then watch my work go, oh, Got it. Like, there's a big difference between the opinion side and the news side. And, um, you know, I think one of the biggest compliments I get from people is when they say, I have no idea what your politics are. And I say, that's the point. That's the whole idea for yeah. my role. You know, the opinion folks have to have a tough opinion, a strong opinion, whatever side they're on. But like for me, if you don't know my politics. That's a victory in my book. Well said that that's literally what we aim for on this show. And we have gotten that a few times. So I'm glad you said that. Thank you. Mike, when you think about you know, Fox News, also true with CNN, MSNBC, other networks, where the opinion folks are what feel to be the faces of those networks. What does that, what does that say to the reputations of those different fields? What does it say to journalism in general when 
it's the opinion and all of us, I don't, Mike, I don't know if you know this, but we all went to the school of journalism at Rutgers. What is that saying about these networks and outlets in the media in general, when we lead with the people who are giving you their take on something, but not necessarily reporting it? Yeah, I think there needs to be, you know, good, strong lines between the opinion side and hopefully the news side. And so I don't appear very often on the opinion shows, maybe a special night or something like that. Um, but I think it's important to kind of draw the lines. And so people know like, oh, this is our news coverage versus this is our opinion coverage. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the, you know, the hot takes these days, whether it's news or, or sports, um, people get paid for their hot takes. And so I think there's a lot of money in there. And a lot of people with all these channels and all these different varieties um, are seeking out people with similar viewpoints to their own. And so we can kind of get into silos of, you know, listening to people that we agree with and only those people following those people on social media. And so, you know, what I try to do when people say, you know, what do I do? There's so much out there. And I say, sample a lot of it, you know, uh, find interesting podcasts, you know, read different newspapers, uh, read you know, different magazines, you know, online or whatever, um, listen to different radio stations and, and then figure out how you feel based on the different sampling of uh, voices you're hearing from um, and formulate your own opinions. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I think both in news and sports media, you know, the hot takes on the, the shows yelling at each other certainly generate a lot of ratings at night. And, um, you know, I'm glad they, they can pay some of my bills. Um, but what I do is a, is a very different, um, very different gig, so to speak. Coming out of college, going into the, the media sphere, what were the big differences? Because obviously, in any you know, in any educational program, you there are certain ideas you develop, certain skills you learn, and then you get you know really on the ground, and the experience is different or just far more encompassing than you thought you may have signed up for. What what was that that uh, or Private Ryan moment I'll use from the opening of that movie for yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, when I was coming out of Rutgers, we had, uh, you know, obviously the big three broadcast nets with people like Dan Rather, Tom Brokaw, and Peter Jennings. And then uh, CNN was in its infancy. And so there were limited voices out there and limited channels. And so I never had any idea that there would be a Fox News channel. Um, I was just excited to get into the business. And so, um, you know, I moved to small town America and paid my dues and, and bounced around. And then, you know, I think a lot of preparation um, leads you to an opportunity and all that preparation hopefully pays off that you're ready for the opportunity when it comes your way. And so uh, the media environment now is so different than when uh, I was starting out for sure, um, when it was really, you know, a few newspapers, a few TV networks, and uh, that was it. Um, now you can find them in all, you know, shapes and sizes and young, old, um, you know, middle of the road, whatever you want. And so uh, it's a fascinating environment. And I think it's important for consumers uh, to be sophisticated about, you know, what they're watching and what they want. They've got lots of choices. Uh, hopefully they make some good choices. Mike, I want to stay right there because uh, Nick likes to use this phrase a lot. Let's have a moment of literacy for the people watching or listening to us. Um, 
I know the way shows are built, right? I've worked on these shows and built these shows. Um, and I've noticed a shift, as, uh, not just with shows that you've done or the networks have done, or even with Jake Tapper and State of the Union. And it used to be, we have an R and a D on, we have a four box, we have people talking over each other, it's chaos, right? Uh, John Stewart alluded to it on that famous rant on Crossfire with Tucker Carlson and Paul Bogata. I'm here to, to confront you because we need help from the media and they're hurting us. I made a special effort to come on the show today because I have mentioned uh, this show as being uh, uh, bad. Okay. You have a responsibility to the public discourse and you, you fail miserably. So now it's shifted to here's five minutes a Republican senator on the next segment you know, a, a Democrat senator's on to respond to what that person said. Do we feel that that is the way news has evolved to and that embraces dialogue more? Is that more beneficial than the previous way? Because to me, that feels like, hey, this guy said that. What do you think of this? As opposed to them saying it to each other. But I don't know the correct solution. What, what do you say? That's a great question. Um, and uh, I'm not just blowing smoke. I mean, I think I've done both where I've I've seen the right and left kind of yelling at each other on the air. And uh, I guess that's had its its place and its time. And I think maybe now some show producers are thinking, you know, give the lawmaker four or five minutes on his or her own to art fully articulate his or her views without getting stepped on by the other guest. And so you know, I think it's working right now, um, but I think these things in our business can be cyclical. And, uh, you know, the the shout fest with uh, right and left going at it face to face may um, may make a comeback before long. But um, but I think right now, I think you're right where we've kind of like give this person their time, their take, you know, press them with follow up questions um, and then thank them and then bring on the other side and, you know, give them their opportunity to make their points without getting stepped on and then follow up. And, and hopefully our viewers um, get a good sense of where both sides are in the argument. You've mentioned working for um, covering various administrations. You know, we're now few, we're now almost two months in to, to the recent, to the newest administration. How, when you think of these different administrations you've covered for the first couple of months when they've gotten started, what are some things that you notice in terms of trends? Like, what does it feel like shifting from one administration to another? And what you're seeing so far, what has stood out from this administration? What has felt different? I totally violate all my rules of journalism with this multi-layered question. I apologize. But, all good. Um, but what feels... What feels similar? What feels different? Um, comparing just sort of the different experiences you've had with these administrations you've covered. Yeah, I think what's been interesting is um, the Biden administration in some ways feels like the Obama administration 2.0. President Biden feels very comfortable with all those people he worked with for eight years with President Obama. And so we've seen a lot of faces come back and maybe they're not in the exact same job, but they're in interesting posts and they're people that the president trusts. And so it makes sense that he would put them around him. So in some respects, they are starting from a good place because they have a lot of experienced hands that have been through this before. Um, I think when you saw the Trump administration come in, total political outsider, um, a lot of people even, I think, in his inner circle weren't sure that he was going to win. And so all of a sudden you're trying to build a government from a businessman's perspective. And so I think that was a little bit um, you know, there were some growing pains in terms of 
getting people in, getting people up to speed. This is how you govern and, and that sort of thing. And so uh, I was here for the, I, I got to Washington with the Bush administration, 43. And so what you saw was he brought in a lot of his dad's former inner circle type folks. And so he had that kind of, you know, experienced hands coming in. And so I think that makes the starting point um, a little bit easier with their people who have been confirmed to positions before by the United States Senate, also have worked in government at high levels and know how government works behind the scenes. Um, but, you know, I think if you, as American voters, hire a total political outsider, then you're going to get somebody with uh, some creative and uh, new approaches to governing. And I think if you hire someone who's made a career in Washington or, or is a relative of a president, uh, then you may see a lot of familiar faces in, in the same or new places. Nick, today's episode of the podcast is presented by Podgo. <laughs> Nick, funny question. Do you know what Podgo is? <laughs> They're the reason we get paid, man. I'm very familiar <laughs> with Podgo. <laughs> yeah, we, Podgo, folks, is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters a flat rate for ad space. You always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. All you got to do is apply today to become a member. Uh, Nick, what's the website? Well, give me the URL real quick for the people. Just podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. That's it. Right away, you become a member today. Be sure to add that you heard about this. You heard about Podgo. And put in, can we please talk in that section of the application? You know, my recent story from The Independent talks about Fox's audience shifting. Um, you know, numbers changing. It's also true with, you know, the other networks as well. The market seems to be, at least from the opinion programming standpoint, is that you're seeing, you know, with other, you know, even far right leaning programming and now in the market space, um, the how does that appeal to or how does it affect Fox? Um, thinking about that, what is the network thinking in terms of like, do we have, does it have to explore pivoting? Does it have to rethink who is it really targeting? And again, I speak to you as a, as a person who is not in the opinion sector, but a person who is with a network that is now in an interesting space where it's actually market sharing with other networks that are even far more uh, politically extreme than what Fox News has brought to the table. Yeah, uh, interesting question. And I'll tell you, you know, we took a hit election night 2020 because I think we were first to call Arizona for Joe Biden. And looking at the map that basically said to the audience that Joe Biden was going to be the 46th president of the United States. Um, a lot of diehard Fox viewers uh, were not happy with that. Um, and so then you get into an issue of do you tell people the truth or do you tell people what you what you think they want to hear? Um, and I, you know, I don't know what you do. I, I wasn't making those calls. I was, you know, on assignment that night doing my thing and whatever the news was, is was what I was going to talk about. Um, but I think it's an interesting and, and challenging dilemma because if we'd lied to the audience that night, when we had the numbers saying Joe Biden was going to win, then in a couple of weeks, when they find out that what we said election night wasn't true, then have we lost all credibility with them? I would, I would hope so. Um, so I think, you know, we tried to do the right thing and some of the audience was furious and, you know, hopefully they're coming back realizing that we were just doing our jobs, but it, 
you know, a lot of folks today want to hear what they believe and want to hear what they think. And, and sometimes, you know, as news people, we have to tell them things they don't want to hear. And, you know, hopefully we have enough of a track record with our audience where they go, okay, I wasn't thrilled with the coverage that night, but it was true. Um, and they come back, but it, it's an interesting dilemma. And I'm glad I'm not in those executive meetings to figure out how to navigate all that. <laughs> I mean, just uh, from experience, I think the election death started kind of when I was around at that time mm -hmm. in 04. And I was telling people Fox's election desk is calling Arizona. It's in the bag for Joe Biden because they have the best election desk out in the business. So um, uh, it's funny that you mentioned about that. Um, Mike, before we let you go, uh, you've been fantastic and appreciate the time you've given us. What's uh, one thing you would want to impart on people or at least leave uh, for people that watch correspondence, they watch uh, news journalists, anchors out there? What's, what's a message that you would give to them uh, in terms of news judgment? I think the vast majority of us want to get it right. I think, um, you know, we all have our opinions and, you know, like I said, as a news person, I try to filter mine out, to leave them, check them at the door. Um, but I think, you know, over time, if you watch somebody's work and watch it closely, um, I think you're going to get a sense of whether that person's trustworthy or not. And, and I think, you know, it's wise to sample and to, you know, see who out there you like and who you respect and, and check them out over time and see if they live up to your standards day after day after day. Cause I think, um, that's the challenge, you know, the business, um, you know, you can have a great night tonight, do a great show. Well then tomorrow, everybody's asking, what are we going to do tonight? And so, um, there's, there's a great challenge of being consistent and professional day in and day out. It's something I try to live up to, every day with relentless preparation. And I think to the audience, you know, study us and, and really hold us to the fire. And if we let you down, let us know on social media. Um, but hopefully more times than not, a lot of us will deliver a very professional presentation day in and day out and uh, make you glad that you were watching because maybe you learned something you didn't know when you tuned in that day. Well said, Mike. Uh, we appreciate the time you've given us tonight. Like I mentioned, uh, Fox News Live on Sundays. You can check out Mike. Uh, and also, he is a chief Washington correspondent. He's been there for 27 years at Fox News. We appreciate you coming on tonight, Mike. And all the best. Continued success to you, sir. I'm a big fan of your podcast, gentlemen. Really thrilled to be with you. Thanks for having me. All right. That was Fox News chief Washington correspondent, Mike Emanuel. You can check him out Sundays as he hosts Fox News live at one o'clock. Uh, Nick, there's so much there. You know, again, we've talked about this a bunch of times with different people that have come on from the media space, validating what I said on the first episode. For those of you who check out uh, inside the news media perspective on episode one. But it's really there's there's different things with the media that I think people just don't understand. There are news anchors, there are journalists, and then there are opinion shows. And if you only listen to the opinions from 8 to 10 p.m., primetime programming blocks, folks, you're only going to get that person's opinion. Mike is a news giver. He said it to you. He doesn't go on those opinion shows, right? He appears because they need to find out what a lawmaker said, what's actually a fact, what's actually news of the day. I love that he said that, man. Uh, what'd you take away from Mike Emanuel? Uh, and also, what'd you take away of the conversation about the evolution of Fox News and, and where they're uh, going to right now? 
you know, I, I, I echo what you're saying. I mean, to, it was a good reminder to me about the separation between reporting versus opinion, you know, and to someone like myself, who's, who's not been in the media, like we often get caught up in that. And I'll, I mean, to take politics aside, I'll use ESPN as an example of this. You know, we think of the most prominent people at the network, for the most part, are people who give opinions. It's not the broadcasters. Like someone like Doris Burke should be the face of ESPN and, you know, NBA coverage. It's not. It's it's the, the talking heads on first take. You know, it's the opinion shows between four and six. That's one part of the network. But that's actually not what it's about. It's about reporting. To Mike's credit, I, I enjoyed that conversation. And here's me talking to someone at Fox News. And I have my own opinions and the networks I follow and such. But I'm able to have a very civil conversation. And I, and I trusted that we're discussing journalism as, an, as, a, as a professional practice. We're talking about news as its role in society. What we're not talking about is hot takery, or at least when we are, it's in isolation of, well, that's one part of the network. And when you think of that, that's no different than other networks that do the same thing. You have an opinion engine, primetime, as you put it, but then you have portions of the day where you have actual reporting going on. It right. was a refreshing conversation. No, and you know, one of the things that he said is, it's just like, and you just echoed it as well. It's like, I can't get away from the opinion stuff, but I live on the news side of it, right? I want people to not know where I lean. Because that's when you know you can actually trust what I'm saying, right? I think there's this, you know, uh, there may be some people that watch, listen, you know, why would you put a Fox News guy on? You know, like, or, or, or even if we were to have on a CNN person, it's like, oh, well, they lean this way. They lean that way. Not everything has a political slant to it, right? We, well, the, the, the goal of this show is really to have conversations about interesting topics and offer thoughtful conversations on it. And I think Mike gives you that lens of a guy who's been around 27 years, like he mentioned, uh, covered the Bush administration, the Obama administration. President Obama said to him, Mike, you know, you cover it fair. And, and President Obama had his issues with Fox News. Who did he have the issues with? The opinion people. Do you remember the interviews with Bill O'Reilly? So like there, there's this, um, and I, I use stigma, but it's probably the wrong connotation, but there's this distinction that, you know, Fox News is all about Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson. Nothing else can exist from that. And I think Mike gave you a little bit of insight as to, look, I'm, I'm trying to do my job and report on news of the day. Now, here's the other problem, right? You could have people that could come back and say, well, the bad outweighs the good, right? I think Mike said it perfectly, right? Hey, if you're watching him, you don't trust that, bounce around, right? The news judgment, uh, right? The news diet, we talked about this with Sabrina Rodriguez from Political. It's people do not understand that a news story has factual information. These guys are reporting on it. If you don't trust it, check it from another source. That's what they do for a living. They're sourcing things. They're checking. They're verifying. It's not just I trust this one network and I watch it 24-7 and I want nothing else to do. You have to bounce around the dial and, and actually source things. And I think that's what's getting lost in all of this is consumers actually understanding what news judgment is. So I'm glad that Mike summed up a lot of that in there. Uh, speaking of judgment on shows you should listen to. Uh, as I always try to do an interesting segue, well you done. can check out. Thank you. You can check out our show video wise on YouTube. Nick's pointing down to hit subscribe. He's smashing the button. As a matter of fact, uh, audio platforms, you know, them by now, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, blah, 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 blah. Uh, check us out. Instagram, 
TikTok, Twitter, at Can We Please Talk Podcast. As always, I'm Mike Leon. We out here. I'm still Nick Saveri. Thank you, everybody, for watching, checking us out. We'll see you next time. Later. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.